September 7, 2020, it's the Watt for Pedro Show. <laughs>
Watt for Pedro Show. Happy Labor Day, people. Happy Monday. And uh, Brother Matt, of course, you know, love Grotto on the pleasure point because we're quite in quarantino mode still. That's why I'm not on the parade. In fact, I'm celebrating by doing the show here. But I'm not totally man alone either because those software engineers in Estonia with their Skype software, we got Carl Evangelista with me. Hey, Carl, how you doing? I'm doing fine. How are you? Now, people, he was on... 26, 27 months ago, so he's, but it ain't an I Love Lucy rerun, because in the meantime, Carl's cooked up a whole fucking album, but but, but we start off the show with John Coltrane uh, doing Walking, I mean, and this one here's got Whitten Kelly and Paul Chambers, you know, he wrote a song called Mr. PC, you know you're playing bass good if John Coltrane writes you a fucking song, <laughs> I mean, the same with guitar people too, Carl, you might uh, relate to this, uh, on Bitches Brew, there's a tune called John McLaughlin, right? John McLaughlin, yeah. I mean, you know, and you know, interesting about John, you know, I saw my Vishnu Orchestra, the one with uh, Jan Hammer and Rich Laird and Rick Laird and uh, Jerry Goodman and uh, Billy Cobham. Yeah. I think it was called Birds of Fire, the album. And uh, But I, I went back further in his thing. He did uh, session work. You wouldn't you wouldn't think of that, right? He, yeah, he, um, uh, he, was, he was on this uh, acoustic jazz record with Jack Bruce. I remember. Oh, so, yeah. But, I mean, he was on shit like Sunshine Superman. And, I mean, you know what I mean? He's a session guy like Jimmy, session guy. Jimmy Page, Paul Jones, that kind of stuff. But, yeah, 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 yeah. Jack Bruce, not such a side man in those days. But uh, uh, John McLaughlin came up through those, you wouldn't think so. And, you know, by the time I saw him, he's playing like 12-string electric guitar through a fuzz tone. Right. He used really thick picks, somebody told me, too. Like fucking half inch thick, and they look like houses. It looked like a Monopoly house. You know that I, I didn't. I didn't know that. I didn't. I, I, a lot of those guys who are really invested in speed picking, they use they use pretty thin gauge. So that's that's crazy. You know the thinnest pick was Bob Mold. Man, it was like a piece of paper. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, Billy Gibbons, uh, ZZ Top, right? Uh, uh, Peso. I think he files it huh. up and shit. It ain't that's exactly crazy. out of your pocket, but. Yeah, piece of metal, huh? So I heard that the, it was like kind of like with mouthpieces, like with John Coltrane. You know, in those days, you'd get blanks. This is what Brother Steve McKay in the Stooges told me. So you'd have to cut your own. And John Coltrane would cut his so fucking thick, you know, most people couldn't get a note out. Uh, like James Jamerson, right? He played with really high action. Right. Maybe there's something about that, you know, the guys that really play... I don't know if you've ever tried to play guitar with low action. One time, some a, a neck got broke, so somebody handed me a bass, and the action was so fucking low, I couldn't play it. You know what I mean? I'm a I'm a big high action guy. I'd, I'd heard that. Well, because I was in, invested in in a cream really early on, I heard Clapton used high action, but he used thin gauge strings, and I use really thick gauge strings. And later on, I discovered uh, Sonny Chirac did that too. He had high action and thick gauge strings. So I just kind of stuck with it. I heard thick gauge strings easier to stay in tune. Yeah, that's what huge D, intonation thing. Because I think D Boom went up to like twelves or some shit because to try to hold the tune in. Yeah, I use a wound third too, which is that means like you can't you can't you can there's still vibrato on the third string, but you can't bend it as easily. So okay, okay, that's that's interesting. But strings, you know, they're particular. Bass maybe not so much, but I know with guitars, big time. Uh, you know, if you get too weird with uh, different kinds of bass, yeah, if you break one, you don't know where to get another one. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so stick with the 45 to 105. <laughs> but but enough about what, you know. Let's talk in the 26 months since we last talked. You cooked up this record. Let me ask you first. Is any of this shit from the old days was it, or was it all cooked up for this? So the back part of this the digital and the, the digital version of the record has a bunch of transitional songs from maybe I, I want to say when we were touring the last record, 2018, but most of this is re- really recent, as in it was finished after lockdown. So um, a lot of the music is really new, and it's been informed by a lot of the things that have happened in the past several months. So, yeah. So when you say digital, you mean uh, there's different versions of this album that have more shit than other versions? Well, the vi- the vinyl couldn't fit yeah, those course, extra course, songs, and the vinyl's kind of the record. The other tracks are kind of bonus, I would say. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, like when they made CD versions of albums, you get this extra stuff. Right. <laughs> and you probably uh, have a Bandcamp page, right, so all this can be digitally, too. Yeah, we're up on grex, G-R-E-X, dot bandcamp, dot com. Okay, yeah, yeah, people, I should uh, say that the the name of his band is actually Grex, not Carl, Evangelista, but he is he's the shot caller. And, what, and what's the, the name from? So um, my partner, my bandmate, she named the group. It's supposed to be the name of a, a slime mold. It's That's a right. biological concept. A bunch of smaller organisms come together to create a larger organism. Right, right. Uh, kind of collective. Huh? Yeah, we talked about this last time because now I remember because I got a buddy up in the city from Minutemen days named Grux. Right, yeah. <laughs> and he's Run got a band guy. called uh, Rainbow Carolina. Well, you know... There's always different parts and parts, but it's always got Rainbow Carolina in there somewhere. And a pretty wacky, crazy, uh, almost uh, theatrical chaos kind of band. And then it, It's really cool stuff. Oh, so you know about it. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, our, well, I, I guess I'm not supposed to say anything. I think the personnel of Carolina is supposed to be a secret. That's so right, I they are. Yeah. I think the only cat we're supposed to know is Grux. <laughs> right, so I'm not going to say anything. Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah, I mean, one time we played with them, they had a, like a guy dressed like the Beastie Boys, and he flipped on his back, and this is like the first tune, he flips it back and wails down his, his pants, he fires a big old fucking dildo out of his yang, and I, I go to D. Boone, I said, man, how are we going to follow that up? That's way out there, man. That's called like raising the bar, right? Okay, so you're saying like the tunes, the the extra stuff, is actually stuff that was before, and what you you put on the album was stuff that was more recent. Yeah, and that wasn't that wasn't just a thematic choice. It's just the sound of the band has transitioned so fast in the past few years. That was that's what that's what it made sense to put on the proper LP. Ah, so you think the material? I mean, this is a I'm not uh, casting a shade on this, but you you think like the the the, the Whoa, are you still there, Carl? Yeah, there was um, uh, there was a there was a dropout for a second. Can you say that again? Sorry. Well, what I was going to say is, you, you feel that the material sh- should be appropriate for the cats you're playing with. So, like, if the cats change, then the material should change. I mean, it has to. There yeah. was there was yeah. a okay. there was a lot of like because there there are a lot of a lot electronic components on this particular record, and that was done initially out of um, necessity because we had to tour 
without a drummer for one summer. And then the mute, the music began to conform to that. Now we brought acoustic percussion back in, but we're trying to blend the acoustic percussion with the electronic instruments. Then COVID hit. So no more acoustic percussion. It's the circular process. Everything just has to conform. You, you get <laughs> the situation dictates. Here, yeah. I, wa I want to play blood, huh? I'm a slow learner, phone is burner I'm alone on Sundays, share no Sundays Staring at the Sundays, don't confess indoors But boy, I hate Mondays Okay, Garfield, spin your Hot Wheels Boy, ain't got hot meals, but father, there's the real deal And all the dread I don't conceal Man, it helps some people, but give me something I can feel In the torture of my blood Everyone's looking for something they can feel in the suffering of their blood. So how can there be overlords when everything is God? So how can there be overlords when everything is God? And every mother's son chasing events of the yard. Sorry I don't do that, I'm a slow learner. But every kernel's a word I nurture like, why we burn her? Why's the sunship on fire? Why's the captain a liar? Whose mother on the funeral pyre? Reef till I can't sleep, man. Sleep till I can't eat, man. Kick so I can feel, man, the torture in my blood. And everyone's looking for something they can feel in the suffering of their blood. So how can there be overlords when everything is God? So how can there be overlords when everything is God? すぎて街歩いてるしよう
私はカーブで石を投げる投げた石は川と流れる川は流れて私を置き去りそして季節は今もそよいでいるこの世界この世界この世界素敵にもなくこの世界この世界この世界素敵きにあしゅう
two minutes and we're rolling. On the we need a three minute punk rock. Faster than that last fucking turn. <laughs>
I belong to the black generation.
Pedro Show. That was uh, Blood from Grex off the new album. What's the new album called? Everything You Said Was Wrong. Yes, Everything You Said Was Wrong. Yeah, there was an aphorism. Everything You Know Is Wrong. So that's kind of down that out. Huh. Yeah, it's some kind of Buddha thing. What do they call those? Cones? A cone teaches this shit by not having an answer. Huh. <laughs> yeah, you're yeah. just supposed to fucking wonder about it, right? If you meet Buddha on the road, kill him. Okay, what the fuck's that mean? I don't know. Wonder about it. You'll get enlightened. Yeah, because there's this thing about, especially some Eastern stuff like Tao. If you talk about it too much, you start ruining it. Right. So somehow, you, you know, even though it's, it's the way, don't talk about it. <laughs> or, or, you know, don't get so full of yourself. You, 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 there's something about it. It's, it's probably about humility. That we had Aunt Sally after that with uh, the Day Decay. Tobacco, I think last t- tune... I played this whole album now, and it ain't out for another month. But it's great, man. It's called Hot, Wet, and Sassy. And this tune is a perfect shout. Uh, Mr. Tom and Tobacco. Uh, I'm really blown away by this fucking rap. I wish I, I could play synth now. Craftwork when I was young a little bit, but man, especially this. But I th- probably will stay to bass. <laughs> it's too much to, you know what I mean? You go upstream so long, it's like, oh, fuck, I got to start over. No, you got a foothold on base. Yeah, I know, I know, but like to let go of it and start on something else, this far midstream, you know? Oh, I, for I, sure. Carl, I can't even imagine going to five-string bass, <laughs> let alone another machine. But I, I mean, it's, it's a different instrument, right? It fucking is. And then if you ask me, it gets in the way of the kick drum. Because well, right, yeah. usually they put on a, a lower B string. Actually, the first one that Leo Fender made, he added a, a C, a higher one. Because he didn't want you running down the neck. It only had 14, 15 frets. He wanted you huh. to crawl across the fretboard. Ain't that a trip? That's a trip. Yeah. You know, he's a piano player. He never played bass. But we owe him a lot. Uh, after that, we had Gaijin Sabetsu. Gaikoku, Haikoku, and that's Bogan, uh, Kaczynski, Samora, Synthesizer. You, you know, you're, you're kind of getting this territory with the electron, you know, the idea of the sequencer, right? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, a lot of that, again, was born out of necessity, but it's right, also right. Um, the idea, like, none of our parts are really programmed um like they were all performed and then and then sequenced after the fact, and I just kind of like the idea of these asymmetrical loops. I just think that's really interesting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Model Home uh, collaborating with his name is live with uh, to remember Dub the Black Lodge with Soph says, "Wow, rats!" It's something I did with Ronnie Thirst about twenty three years ago for this Velvet Goldmine movie in an outtake called Stiff Thorn Friends. Uh, brand new album he's got Saint Be- Belfi reminds me of Andrea Belfi the original so you the Nile drummer man Blank Generation live with uh, this is television with Richard Hell in 1975 yeah and finally Grex with Beepocalypse Beep Beepocalypse Beepocalypse oh okay Beepocalypse be pop apocalypse. It's like apocalypse, people, but with beep in the front. <laughs> and your wife named it. 
Yeah, it's a, she's an environmental, or I guess, yeah. I mean, she's an environmental consultant, but that's that's the theme of the that's the theme of that song. It's um, she's she's really sensitive to those issues in terms of environmental destruction, and she's worked a lot with bees, so the disappearance of bees is a big concern of hers. Oh, so it's not beep like beep beep beep. It's bee. Bee. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a a, a bayhole. Uh, you know, uh, supposedly they're the canary in the mine shaft, right? Yeah, I, I I wish she were on here because she knows she knows this issue much more intimately than I do. Well, I'm I'm, but, use, um, I'm using this uh, kind of uh, what do you call that metaphor? Right. 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 Like if the, if the, you're losing your bees or something wrong with where you're living, that's right. what I meant. That's what I meant. Uh, and and and, and how, you know, do issues inform you when you write music? Oh, I mean, absolutely. I mean, it's after the last record. I mean, because we're living in Oakland, and Oakland is this um is this sort of focal point of this this classic focal point of protest. I mean, it's a little difficult to be numb to it because the Panthers. Um, the Panthers started just, uh, you know, like 10 minutes, a 10 minutes drive away from where we are, from where we live. So you just, you can't be numb to it. And the, the degree of inequity out here is so severe and has only worsened in the past several years. Um, the, the, the way I describe this record is it's the sound of normal life, just kind of reinserting itself in the music because when, your when your situ when your living situation is imperiled and the the living situation of your compatriots and the economic circumstances of of the music when all when when all of those uh, when everything is is embattled you just can't keep it out of the music it just has to be in the music you know you know you said a scary word for me normal now by yeah. th by that did you mean healthy no. Absolutely not. You're talking about the way it is, right? See, that's why that word scares me. Because I think some people think it means healthy or decent. It doesn't. Absolutely It's, it's not. just a register of what's going on, right? Oh, for sure. Absolutely. I mean, I, I'm, I know you've you've had experience, and I know that you know a lot of people up here. Of course, you're, you know, you're, your exploits are legendary everywhere. But, I mean, in terms of you know a lot of musicians out here. I mean, um, you know Philip Greenleaf, right, the saxophone player? Sure. Yeah, I, I I teach at a high school with him. I mean, we know we. <laughs> so it's like these are we're um, there are a lot of people who've been here for a really long time, like like Grux, for example, who've managed to weather all of these storms, um, many of which uh, happened well before I arrived on the scene. Because again, I'm from the valley, but um, we I've even in the what is it over 15 years I've been here at this point, we've had a lot of scene decimation. A lot of the people who came up with me are gone. We're one of the last bands. And it just it gives you this kind of fatalistic psychology about what you do, the fact that there's been so much attrition. And I guess um, I'm just experiencing what a lot of other musicians tend to experience in places that just get aggressively gentrified. Carl, I heard some bad news. Uh, verify this because you're, you're speaking of uh, I shared a stage with that man. And now that pad is gone uptown. Yeah, I actually just spoke to the owner. I mean, I just there's an email. Um, from her in my inbox that I haven't read just yet, but yeah, the uptown is gone. As of, I think the announcement was made Saturday. It's a huge loss. Yeah, and uh, the drummer man was uh, Scott uh, from uh, Nels Klein singer uh, Amadola. Oh, and that guy's a yeah, that guy's yeah, a great friend. Yeah, he's 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 the one who brought him up, uh, aboard and how how I got to share stage. 
And uh, in fact, it was Mike Baguetta's uh, main steam stop valve. Those were both of my stops there. And yeah, it breaks my heart. You know, because yeah. actually Oaktown didn't have a gig for a long time. And then I remember 57 Club, or something, it was a Vietnam restaurant that uh, me and Kay did with Dose. And start, things started to happen. Yeah, something called the Swan or something. Uh, I'm talking 20 years ago. And slowly, and now uh, back falling down again. Uh, because, uh, yeah. Well, you said gentrification, but I think maybe some of it might be this uh, acute situation with the COVID-19 also. Yeah, I mean, that that's 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 happening as well. There are a lot of venues up. Uh, locally, I, I don't. I don't know how many permanent venue closures we've had just because the venues have been closing for the past decade. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Right. but in Sacramento, I've been getting a lot of notices of small, of small clubs closing for sure because of COVID. Yeah. Brian McKenna. Yeah. Yeah. But, but we're, we're, when you said gentrification, that was a problem way before COVID-19. Oh, forever. Yeah. Forever. Right. And forever. especially up in the city and like somebody building a fucking condo right behind Ramona's place, uh, Patera, uh, bottom of the hill. Right, and those people, you know, they don't know that buy the condo that hey, there's been music here for twenty years. <laughs> oh man, actually, bottom of the hill. Like last time we played, which was maybe, I want to say January of last year, they were saying they were one of the few venues in the area that was still that was still booking in house. Yeah, they were still they were still booking they they were still booking local groups. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a novelty now. Yeah, same thing, same thing. You know, she's always been very independent, but they told me they were under threat because of this new condo that was just put up behind them. Now, this was Jeez. a real industrial area for a long time. Yeah, and and, and oddly, it's, a lot of those places are hugely were hugely under undesirable just several years ago, and then now. Um, even the undesirable locations are becoming um, uh, like sort of like these loci for for new uh, emigres, and the and the rents are insane. Right, right, you can, yeah, especially uh, for artists kind of situation, you know. See, they covet that kind of environment of creativity and stuff, but then they sterilize it with these kind of fucking uh, behavior. I'm not gonna call yeah. it policy because it's fucking bullshit. Uh, <laughs> I mean, not to, <laughs> trying to be fair about this. <laughs> I just, I mean, it, it makes me sick, it's, Carl. It's shit. It's shifted over the. Uh, it's shifted over the bridge. I've I'd heard that um studio there. I, I know some musicians living in studios near Lake Merritt, small studios, and those rents are about as expensive as one bedrooms were maybe five years ago. Anyway, people, we don't want to get you totally bummed out. Happy Labor Day. It's the end of the first <laughs> hour of September 7, 2020 edition of Peter Show. Special guest, Carl Evangelista. Hold tight for hour two. September 7, 2020, second hour of the Watt for Pedro Show.
My eyelashes are falling out one by one. Pink tarantulas. We experienced an understated turmoil. Chirp, dwell, earn. I'm drowning in honey. Evidence of future life forms. Marshmallow blooms in sleepy cul-de-sacs. Thought they saw a dagger in a side pocket, lit Clint. I used to make a living playing air drums on YouTube. Has this department contributed to your personal and professional growth? Cortisol Valley. My husband grew up on Inspiration Drive. K-pop signature moves. Document your inner landings. How do we fold into each other? She memorized all suborbital flight patterns. Gemstone switch. Terrestrial marketplace. Trapped by our predictions. This will be the last time I use this sink.
the second hour off with uh, Grex doing Walking Isler and Tarzana and uh, everybody out there it's common knowledge right Tarzana is named after Edward Rice Burroughs <laughs> the guy who wrote Tarzan right <laughs> well it, it, uh, what do we call these things dingleberries over here that, uh, yeah kind of a what do you call that uh, yeah it's something that goes along with being human and uh, maybe not too thorough when you're done taking a dump, right? Well, they call the, what we call dingleberries, they call Tarzanelli. Because <laughs> it's like fucking Tarzan swinging on the fucking vines. Now, this is why you want to be in a band with two Italian guys, okay? <laughs> Get to learn incredible knowledge like this. Thank you, Fratello Steve, Fratello Andrea, Fratello Paolo. Okay. Then we heard Sam Bennett over in Tokyo doing I'm Worried About You. Uh, Lewis Cole after that, bank account. Ma Shi Wen, she's up in the East Bay now, but she was, uh, if you ever get this old uh, New Alliance compilation, uh, a Mighty Feeble, she's on Turds in Space reading poetry, and here she is 40 years later reading poetry. This is just recently up there. Uh, thought log number five. <laughs> log. You know, the captain's log. You know, I think of Star Trek, right? Right. Like in that joke, what did they find in the captain's head? The captain's log. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> terrible, terrible one. Okay, move on. Uh, uh, Cal Portoros out of Slovenia with uh, Kiwi Sproton Layer Tidal Wave. That might have been uh, Roger Miller when he was younger in Ann Arbor uh-huh. or something. Yeah, experimental. Uh, Soldier Dolls, what do they know? This is a Welsh band. These two guys went and saw the Minutemen the first time they played in England and recorded our gig and sent us, <laughs> I guess the customs people X-rated because you couldn't hear shit, but we put it on our Fanatics, one of our tunes on there because it was like incredible. You know, it was, there was a faint thing there. And then finally, Husk from uh, Grex. And I, I was thinking of Husker. <laughs> <laughs> but it's Booster. probably it's probably more of like the the protective part of a seed, right? Yeah, I, it's it was also about snakes. Oh yeah, was okay. Snakes as, a, as an analog for for depression. They they molt. They uh, uh, shed their skins. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so do uh, 
A cicadas. Ooh, kind of ugly looking. <laughs> <laughs> they call them semis in Japan. And man, they sound like fucking power tools. I thought yeah. I was next to a construction site. And it was these fucking guys with their wings and their legs. Yeah. So, yeah, a, a song like Husk. When you, it comes time to pr- uh, compose, do you have one kind of process, or, or is there se- several? Um, it, it's it's all over the place. I mean, there 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 were some there were some songs back in when we started when we started working together 10, 11 years ago, where we were actually co- we were co composing we were co composing couplets. We were co- we were co composing measure to measure. Um, and then nowadays, um, sometimes one of us will bring in a complete composition. Someone will already have lyrics. This is actually a reworking of the song from of, of a song from the last record. Oddly, that we rearranged so we could perform it live. Wow! So when you say uh, couplets, you mean like call and response? Like you say a line and then it's answered back? It got yeah, it got that intimate, that specific. Yeah, me and um, T Boone tried that up five or six songs. No kidding. Yeah, what, what yeah. Songs? Stuff like uh, the big lounge scene and uh, Bass King. There's several of them on the Bean Spill EP and Politics of Time. And they're really strange. Yeah, because it's almost schizophrenic, right? It's two different people. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Right. But they're they're not because we are responding on each other, but they are from different mouth holes. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's trippy. I, I was wondering, do you ever come up with the title first? I, I do sometimes. Um, my my bandmate, she is pretty pretty against that for some reason. She refuses to name songs unless they're finished. Yeah, what almost always has to start with a title. <laughs> well, that's cool. I mean, it, it gives you like it gives you a, a focal point, right? Yeah, right. An anchor. Here, I want to play. Uh, not this is uh, this next the next two tunes I play, picked by you guys. Both are names of people.
wish I knew And understand Why I'm so in love with you Nobody else in this world will do Yeah, daddy Save your love for me Hey, 
look to me Looking through my eyes In the back of my mind Clear to breathe More likely to see The truth about me The truth about me Free to breathe More likely to see The truth about me The truth about me Like everybody else It's just a matter of working On what you already have Free to breathe More likely to see Truth about me Truth about me Free to breathe More likely to see Truth about me Truth about me
For Pedro, uh, started that chunk of music off with Grex doing Dave Durenko, which I'm going to take a guess here, but it might be the name of somebody, right? It's actually, it's the name of a stuffed animal who in turn, I think, was <laughs> named after a man um, who was, and it's a, it's um, an anagram of sorts of Korean Dave, I believe. Ah, okay, okay. So it's kind of put together... Uh, and then we heard uh, Bouchon with uh, Fast and Steady Run. Be uh, Betty Levette, Save Your Love for Me. Thank you to the Verve people for sending me that out of nowhere. Uh, Have a Nice Life with Dan and Tim, Reunited by Fate. <laughs> Man, you got a title like that, you got to hear it, right? Titles can be good. Uh, Bob Dylan wrote... Propaganda songs is probably better than any of the stuff in the song. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm waiting, you know, in third person. It's, it's terrible, but the title, I mean, the, which is the chorus. Right? And then uh, Steve Abercrombie with Truth About Me. And finally, another name, Margot Tannenbaum. Was this a character in the movie? Oh, yeah, this was um, uh, from uh, the Royal Tenenbaums. Okay. I guessed right there. Now, now both both uh, tunes I picked because I thought they were after people. Uh, yeah, not, well, I mean, I guess one of them we sort of knew intimately. But, yeah, people. It's people music, so. Right, uh, as, as opposed to bugs or uh, kind of organisms that cling together. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Where did you record this, Carl? Um, so we recorded most of the basic tracks at this uh, the studio uh, run by Miles Boysen, uh, who was in the Splatter Trio, a long a long time ago, um, with Gino Robert. And um, but uh, some after COVID hit, a lot of the inserts and overdubs were recorded actually just at our place. We we had no choice. So um, all over the place, I'd say. And how long you think? Total. Like how long was the recording process? Yeah. Well, we we the earliest uh, tracks were were the earliest recordings were done in May of 2019, but the the process um, because we were kind of writing as we went along, the process got so long winded that it ended maybe a year later. I want to say maybe May 2020 because we were we were again we were finishing the stuff in our house, and it was long enough that we wound up revising some of the lyrics. Some of them got more aggressively political. And um, we even we met Milford Graves, the drummer, who we just ran a, a fundraiser for. We met him last year, and then one of the songs used a version of a drum pattern he showed us. Oh, so it's all very recent. Now, now, did you mix it as you went along? <coughs> went al Sorry, did you mix it as you got, went along, or did you like mix it one piece at a time? Um, no, I'd say no, a piece no. At a time. I, I, I phrase that I mean, shitty, Carl. <laughs> Did you mix it one time along, or did you wait till the end and then mix it all together? We waited until the end, but okay. every time we mixed it, we just had to, we just said to ourselves, we want to make it a little bit noisier. <laughs> also, so, there's um, many revisions. We, yeah, many revisions. But you know, that's one of the bitching things about doing it at home. Oh, yeah, you can take your time. That's huge. Yeah. I, I, I actually vastly prefer that. Although and, sometimes, sometimes getting this intuitive... 
this intuitive process underway and and having everything mixed inside of you know a handful of hours sometimes that can yield a product that's just that's 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 really interesting it's just uh, I, I like being able to work over a long period of time you mean you're saying like it enforces a certain kind of focus yeah it's just i like i'd heard when recording the um the classic blue note records rudy van gelder was live mixing that's that's yeah, why if you like yeah. if you listen out to lunch bobby hutcherson's vibes are overloading and you can actually hear him pull down the fader like i think that's really cool because that becomes part of the record but um <laughs> you know more of a document and it's funny yeah. too because Charlie Mingus' big complaint about Rudy Van Gogh, he changes your sound. Oh, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard a lot of people, actually, piano players, complaining like about, because he, he editorializes it a bit. But, but that's you, part of, I think, what makes those albums special. Yeah, look, he's in on the fucking dealio. He's the other band member, okay? You know what the other trip is? For a long time, it was his fucking parents' living room. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. And he's so um, secretive, or I guess he was. So secretive about his mic setup. Like, people still don't know what his mic setup was. It was the lady secretary, right? She's the only one who knew. Yeah. People were at the end of the second hour, September 7, 2020. Wolf Peter, so special guest and also uh, big uh, into it, kind of getting into this Rudy Van Gelder thing. <laughs> stuff. Well, time for our thing. September 7, 2020, it's the third hour of the Wolf from Pedro show.
wonder where have I been? Was it chance or just dumb luck? Or were you there all along?
Alfred Pedro show. Start off the third hour with Grex doing The Other Mouses. Yeah, I mean, that, that title intrigued me. I mean, <laughs> what, what, what is it? When it comes to your tunes, do you like to talk about them or are you like, hey, what? That's why I fucking wrote them in the first place. I don't want to talk about them. That's what I, I play them. I wish I, there was, I'm a, a this is a, a, a minor tangent, but I'm teaching this, uh, I'm teaching a course basically on like free jazz and politics at SFSU right now. And um, I've been, I've been reading this interview that John Coltrane had with Frank Kosky and Kosky's, you know, this like avowed Marxist author, and he's trying to get Coltrane's opinion on all these political moments of the day. Like, what do you think of Malcolm X? You know, what, what do you think of um, the way that race impacts uh, how free improvisation has progressed and all these things? And Coltrane just talks in these really big universalist terms because that was his whole deal. But, you know, that, in fact, is the last interview he did. And it was in a parking lot and he drove him in his station wagon. It was very sweet. In a car. In a station yeah. wagon. That's because there's no vans yet. That's what they toured in. He liked country squires. Now, I got to tell you, though, about the Malcolm X, he actually went and saw him talk. He went and saw him talk, yeah. Okay. That's crazy. Well, I, man, I think it's an indic indicative of John Coltrane being kind of open-minded, wanting to see what the guy had to say. I think his head was in there for sure. And he, he was... Um, uh, he didn't say he went to see he, him twice. He only saw him to speak once, but he did see him, yeah. The idea that, that Coltrane intersected with Malcolm, because in I guess historically we just... We think of these people as existing in the same time period, but their their intersection was brief. Um, and I was just I was just thinking, as as Coltrane is sort of like this icon for this kind of music, how he's um, he doesn't he in that interview he doesn't like making these explicit political statements. And I think about that in our music a lot, like how much should you let it speak for yourself, and how much of it should you speak overtly? And there's a song on the record which actually. I don't. I don't know if you. If this was something that you wanted to address later, but there's a song on the record that actually will put me in danger, like real danger. Um, and that's the song that I feel the need to kind of stop the set in the middle of and, and talk about because you need to have that preface. I'm also trying to leave a paper trail in case I get killed or something. So, well, look, he does say some things in that interview that I know almost by heart because I've heard it a billion times. He said right. he thought musicians were after some kind of truth. And to me, that's a political statement. Yeah. Okay. He also, Frank Kosky challenges him. Some Ross says, you're ripping him off. And John Coltrane says, well, you know what? There might be something to that because I listened to John Gilmore. It didn't seem like John Coltrane wanted to make people feel uncomfortable about the stuff they asked him. Sure. But he did want to level with him. I think that's a really tight balancing act, and I find that really admirable. Because it's, you know, um, and, I, and you know this because you've been on both sides of it, just the process of doing press or the process of talking about your music, you want to be real, like re regardless of how, how you articulate that. And he was, and it seems like, in, especially in that interview, it, it's, he's just so good at being real, even if he's speaking kind of in a, in a circular, roundabout way. And I think that's really cool. Well, look, you know, a lot of his music, I mean, he did the Johnny Hartman thing, ballads with some words, but a lot of it, he's not using words. So he writes a song like Alabama, which I think the title is very important, but he's 
you can feel Dr. King's cadence, right? There's oh yeah, you know right what? So there, so I think he's not trying to. Uh, what's the word? Obfuscate? Uh, uh, you know, try to hide. He ain't trying to. He, he's. It, I don't feel he's like uh, Mr. Wittgenstein and like whoa, I painted myself in a corner and I got to talk my way out of this. I, I just think he's he's trying to be consistent with yeah. with uh, like he said after some kind of truth kind of trip. I, I want to play. Uh, Oh, I didn't say the rest of the songs. Uh, there was a, a shift in paradigms from Crane. There was Samuel Locke Ward with No Speech. Mode Omen with MOC. Uh, part of their MOA to OMOD. Uh, big piece. Steve Abercrombie. Fresh State. Wow, I played Stevie Abercrombie twice. <laughs> well, you know, it's only 19 years of doing this, people. <laughs> Fuck up. <laughs> That's okay. He's good enough. Kim Salmon and Spencer P. Jones. We lost Spencer to cancer. Mm-hmm. That's that's why we make these records, right? You never know when you're last. Like John Coltrane, right? I think yeah. he knew those last. You know, I've read something in Art Pepper's but Why is he blowing his brains out trying to keep up with these young people? I don't think it was that at all. Art Pepper, I think, who was actually born in Pedro. I, I think what you missed was he, he knew he was running out of time. He had to get in every tune he could. And then finally, Can I get, oh, go sorry. ahead. I'm, go ahead. I'm sorry, Carl. Oh no, I didn't want to cut you off. I heard an anecdote. Charles Davis told me this, the sax, the saxophone player, that when Coltrane was recording one of his last sessions, he actually had a clock up on the wall, and he was watching the clock as he improvised. And on that, that's the record that got released at Stellar Regions, and that's the reason everything on that record's like five minutes long. It's because he wanted to keep it short. Yeah, that's released after him, and uh, some of them just have numbers; they don't even have titles, right? Yeah, he was trying to get... I mean, I heard about his tour in Japan where he was doing jams during the day. Uh, uh, Kira Sakata went to get his record signed after the Hiroshima gig. He was pracking after the... Well, you know, Miles talks about that shit. Finally, Jim's Run from Grex. I, I, I want to play Icky here. Thank you. 
Spectacular 
sir. I can't answer your question. Why is that, sir? No, I can't answer your question, sir. What do you want? I want to know. I don't know your name.
Pedro Show, last music for this edition. We were talking about cancel culture, people. It's not a new phenomenon. It goes way back. (laughs) 
Okay. Uh, Icky, which was uh, a pet's name, uh, Greg's uh, kind of mascot, huh? Uh, well, enough to inspire it too. And then the hawk out of Iowa City with Pete's thing. Knee jerk from Pussycat and the Dirty Johnsons. Uh, gentlemen, one equals from PNDC and Housework, Serbia. And finally, Grex with Good Night. I thought Good Night was a, a good closer, you know. I was thinking of the Lead Belly song, Good Night, Irene. Oh, right, yeah. Uh, you know, and uh, so, so the paper trail. You know, I know D. Boone. I remember one time we were playing a gig in New Orleans at Tulane. And D. Boone had these stickers that he was giving out after we got done. And you had to lick them. I mean, they were like big postage stamps in a way. But uh, these dudes got really pissed at him. And do you do you worry about that? Like your your music making a statement that's going to make somebody physically want to come after you? Well, this this is um. Please please stop me if this goes on. But my um. So the song on the record, Criminal, it was written to talk about the Duterte administration in the Philippines. Ah. My aunt my aunt was named Miriam Defensor Santiago. And she actually ran against Duterte in the last election, and she was technically the winner of the 92 election. She was just never able to take office um, because of voter fraud. And um, she passed away, and then it came to light that Duterte was exercising um, um, what he believed to be his rights to extrajudicial killings. It got really dangerous. Yeah. And so I felt the need to speak to that. The issue, the issue being, um, there has been. He, he's he's um he's had this habit of kind of going after people or his supporters have had this habit of going after people who articulate any sort of dissent. And um, in the Philippines, I've classically had to have had bodyguards. And I'm in America. There's no real protection here. There's always a minor danger. Something's going to happen. It's like it's I, I've been calling it a non-zero chance. So I'm, I'm a little worried. <laughs> a little worried. Oh, man. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Well, I, I hope you stay safe, and I hope people aren't assholes about this and let you do your music and your art. And, uh, yeah, I've heard statements by this guy. You know, people go uh, searching for shortcuts. There's no shortcuts. You know, putting in a guy who doesn't respect the law isn't really going to fix shit, people. That's my opinion on it. And, uh, I'm glad you got balls out. Uh, bravery to do that, Carl, truly. Uh, what, what's the next plan? I, I know you can't tour right now. Uh, we're going to, I think we're going to take a step back and try to, and try to actually figure out, give ourselves some air to kind of work on the record. Because I think we've been in this, um, I mean, so to speak, route wheel for like 10 years where we're just kind of writing, touring. And while we're touring, we're writing the material for the next record. I, I kind of just want to see what happens if we can breathe. And this seems like a good time to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shuffle up the deck. Yeah. And where can people find you on the internet? So we're at, our website is www.grexsounds.com. And then we're at grexgrex.bandcamp.com. Yeah. And you know, the Fridays, uh, the Bandcamp people have been giving all the bones to the bands on Fridays, right? I do, I do appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, there's been a lot of internet kind of ways for people to do, and most of them have been jive, and I think the band camp people are the first ones that have really been fair, kind of fair on this. 
So thank you for doing that. And thank you for doing what you're doing. I, whatever comes out of this next one, when you when you get it done, when you come back on the show. Oh, for sure. It's my honor. Yeah, big time, man. When you asked me to do this, I was like, yeah, right. As soon as we got a thing, <laughs> man. Thank you so much, Carl. And 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 plus, I love your guitar playing. It's beautiful. Oh, that's um, that's a huge. I'll have to I'll have to stew on that. I appreciate that so much. Okay, and tell your band they're good too. People, it's been September 7, twenty twenty. Dish of White Pedro show. Happy Labor Day. Keep your powder dry.